Life's complicated and overwhelming enough, especially for those of us in mission-driven work. Let's make your journey to health as simple and sustainable as possible. I'm Lisa Baker, and I want to welcome you to the Simply Health Coaching Podcast, where it's the food, and it's more than the food. On the podcast, we'll talk about the food you put in your mouth and everything else that nourishes you or doesn't. My vision is a world in which you can be well while doing good, and my mission is to give you the simple tools and practices to get there. Let's get started. Last week on the podcast, we covered the best way to eat, and if you recall, it was not really about telling you to go keto or become vegan or really in any way dictate to you how you eat. Instead, we talked about learning to identify what's right for you right now by using your inner wisdom and some food journaling to figure out what combination of whole, close-to-nature ingredients works best for you. We also touched on nutrient density, portion sizes, and mindful eating. So if those topics are of interest to you, go back and listen to episode 12. The past few weeks, we've been a little more conscious about where our food comes from during the pandemic. And this week, I blogged about some tips for grocery shopping. If you're still doing that, you can find a link to that post in the show notes. And yet one of the challenges many of my clients face is once I'm in the grocery store, what do I buy and how do I pick a good one? So this week we're going to take a virtual tour of the grocery store. If you want some examples of the whole food spectrum, uh, go ahead and listen to episode 12 where we get into some examples of that. Uh, For today, the best rules for identifying foods that are the closest to nature are the following. Number one, they often don't have an ingredient label. So think about produce, dried beans, grains, meat, milk. They may have a nutrition label, but they only have one ingredient. So it's a fruit, it's a vegetable, a bean, rice, pork, milk. Number two, look for items your great-grandmother would recognize as food. Number three, eat it if it grows on a plant, not if it's made in a plant. And I guess we can amend that one to say you, you can also eat it if it eats plants. How to get the most out of shopping. First of all, shop the periphery of the grocery store and avoid what I call the heart of darkness, the center aisles. (laughs) And uh, the periphery of the store has most of the whole close to nature foods. Think about where you normally shop and how the store is laid out. And I'll bet in most cases, the minute you get there, you hit the produce section first. And then it might be the dairy section and or the meat Uh, A lot of bulk items are around the outside of the grocery store. The minute you enter the heart of darkness, those center aisles, most of what you find there is highly processed food. And we'll be talking a lot about that. Just know that the best place to shop in the grocery store is around the outside. You are what you eat, eats too. So think about that. If you are eating 
animal products, you are also by default taking in what that animal ate. So if it is within your budget, I highly recommend that you look for organic, pastured, local, wild foods when possible. It's sort of this idea that uh, you can pay more and eat less. Emphasize buying the highest quality within your means. And then allow yourself a luxury item or two. So it could be coffee. It might be chocolate. It might be stinky cheese. It could be wine or bananas. And look for fair trade organic versions. When you commit to doing that, you'll notice that those items can be very expensive. So you will purchase them less often and probably enjoy them more. Another thought about getting the most out of shopping is don't get your fuel from the same place your car does. Shop at grocery stores or buy directly from farmers. Anywhere you can shake the hand that feeds your family. Both my blog and my cookbook, Flip Your Kitchen, talk a lot about how to get your nickels worth when you're buying direct from a CSA, a buying club, a farmer's market. Remember that coupons and twofers are almost never for fresh produce, whole grains, beans. Instead, they usually encourage us to purchase highly processed foods. And if you don't need one box of cookies, why would you need two? One exception to this is that in many states, there are now programs that double the amount of money you can spend on produce if you are on food stamps and spend those food stamps on produce. You might get your money doubled by a program such as Fair Food Network's Double Up Food Bucks. And the deal there is if you buy produce with your food stamps at a participating location, you can very often get double your money, sometimes with a limit. So double your money up to $10, double your money up to $20. And you normally need to buy more fresh produce with that money. So if you are on food stamps, look for programs like Double Up Food Bucks. It's usually called a SNAP Healthy Food Incentive. Buying the highest quality foods really is an exercise in using all of your senses. So I want you to think about looking at the foods that you're buying. Are they vibrant in color? I want you to think about how they smell. Do they have a fragrance or do they have an odor? Does the food feel the way it's supposed to feel? So when you think about picking up an apple, does it have any soft spots or uh, is it firm all over? Uh, Is the packaging on a dry good dry? Is the packaging intact? Is it undamaged? Think about a can of food. That too should not have any dents. So really think about using all your senses. Now, granted, sometimes you can't do things like ask the guy behind the fish counter, can I smell that piece of fish? But you really can tell when you walk into a grocery store uh, very often, 
some of the stores can smell horribly of fish or of meat that doesn't smell quite right. In that case, I would be a little concerned. Um, sometimes you open the dairy case and the smell comes out of you out at you that you think, oh, there's something in this case that's not really fresh. So really start using all your senses when you're shopping. Okay, let's hit the virtual grocery store aisles. Let's start with produce. When you go into the produce section, you may notice those annoying little stickers that are on every piece of fruit and on a lot of vegetables. And there's a reason that those stickers are there. Number one, they provide something called the PLU. And you'll notice if you still go through the grocery checkout line where there's a red, uh, register clerk that they have to enter these numbers in order to identify the food. I'm always amazed at how they have so many of those memorized. Um, what those stickers can do for you, however, is this. If the sticker has four numbers on it, then you know that it's a conventionally grown piece of fruit. So an apple where the little sticker has just four numbers on it is a normally, a conventionally grown apple. If the sticker has five numbers and it starts with nine, then that is identified as an organic piece of produce. If there are five numbers and the numbers start with eight, then that is a GMO, a genetically modified organism. And we can talk more about that later. The jury is still very much out on whether GMOs are good for us or bad for us or somewhere in between. Um, I have some strong thoughts on the matter, as you can imagine. But for now, just be able to identify, is it conventional, organic, or GMO produce? The other thing that must be identified on produce is something called the COO, which is the country of origin. And this comes into play when we talk about eating seasonally and locally, because uh, the COO will tell you, is this produce grown in America or even more locally than that? It could identify a state uh, or is it imported? And I think imported involves a lot of ethical questions that we can get into at a later date. So that's what you need to know in the produce section. Um, like I said, use your eyes, use your nose, use your sense of touch to decide, you know, is this produce fresh? Um, and look for a really vibrant color. Look for a rainbow of colors. Every time you shop at the grocery store for produce, you should have a rainbow in your grocery cart. Next, moving on to bakery and grain products. When you are purchasing um, breads and pastas, the highest quality will be made from whole grains. And be very careful with that because uh, manufacturers have gotten very savvy about what people are looking for. So something will say wheat bread and it'll be brown and you will assume that means whole wheat. But if you read the label, you'll discover it is very often just uh, white wheat flour with some coloring. It might have some molasses in it or it might have some artificial coloring to make it brown. So when you read the label on a bakery product or on a pasta, for example, that is made of grain, um, make sure that you see whole grain listed. Same thing with multigrain. Multigrain does not mean whole grain. It might mean a white bread with some whole grains thrown in. 
Uh, but you really want to look for whole grains every time you're buying grain products. A quick word about gluten-free. If you are gluten-free because you absolutely have to be, then you can certainly purchase gluten-free baked goods, gluten-free pastas. Uh, Two cautions about that. Number one, how many of those ingredients are actually whole grains that are gluten-free? And how many of them are starches or white grains? I find that gluten-free products very, very often are made with highly processed starches and white grains. So the things that contain gluten, the only things that contain gluten in the world in their natural state are wheat, barley, and rye. So there are a lot of other grains. There are oats and things like that. Uh, that don't have gluten in them. And if you are buying gluten-free, make sure that most of the ingredients on that package label are whole grains. So it should be brown rice, not white rice. Um, A lot more grains than starches. So tapioca starch, corn starch, potato starch very often show up in gluten-free products. And those are really highly processed things that we generally want to avoid. Next, seafood. Seafood can be farmed or wild caught. And there are there's a much deeper discussion about this in my cookbook introduction. Um, I prefer wild caught fish because it tends to have a much better balance of healthy fats to the less healthy fats. The Gold standard for wild-caught fish is really line-caught fish because that way they're not uh, pulling out a lot of bycatch and uh, damaging the environment. Fish should be really... um, the, The gills on a fresh fish are bright red, and although you can't reach into the fish counter and pull out a fish and take a look at it and smell it, you can certainly ask the person behind the counter to show you the gills on a fish. And those gills should be bright red. If they're kind of brown, kind of gray, it's a pretty good sign that the fish is not particularly fresh. The eyes on a fish should be really bright and um, popped out. (laughs) Uh, I never remember. Convex, I believe is the right word. Um, If they are sort of sunken and dull, it's a good sign the fish is not particularly fresh. The scales on the fish should be really tight to the body, and if the scales are kind of starting to peel away from the fish's body, it's also a sign that it does not, uh, it's not particularly fresh. The fish counter should smell of the sea, not of the harbor. Um, If you know what a harbor smells like, it can be pretty, pretty nasty. Um, So think about what it smells like, a fresh ocean smell. That's what the fish counter should smell like. And if it doesn't smell that way, then you may want to ask what days they have fish delivered and be sure to shop on those days. Shellfish, so clams, scallops, mussels, those should be tightly closed. Or if you tap them, they should close pretty quickly. And again, if they're open, ask the person behind the counter to tap them and see whether they close pretty quickly. Uh, Those that are open and don't close are probably already quite dead and not fresh at all. 
Moving on to the dairy section. The dairy section has a lot of choices for us. And again, very often it's a discussion of whether something is conventionally produced, organic, or pastured. And the difference here is conventional dairy products don't use organic milk, and the cows are probably uh, not out on pasture very often. Uh, Organic means that whatever these cows are eating is organic. It does not mean that they are out on pasture. Pastured, therefore, is sort of the gold standard for this part of the grocery store. And if you can find pastured milk, pastured butter, uh, that's really uh, the best for your health and also for the health of the animals that are feeding you. Pasteurization is a a process that heats uh, dairy products to a specific temperature in order to kill any uh, bacteria in it. And uh, most dairy in America, with the exception of some cheeses in the grocery store, are pasteurized. Uh, It is In some states, it's illegal to buy raw milk. In other states, you'll find a way to buy it. If you're looking for it, you can buy it as pet food, or you can can buy it directly from a farmer. I, for example, have um, a share. I own a piece of a cow in uh, Michigan, and as part owner of that cow, I'm entitled to anything it produces, and I can just circumvent the entire grocery system by getting the milk directly from the farmer. So if you're looking for raw milk, be very careful about how you're purchasing it. And just remember that it's not for everybody. Very young children, those with immune system compromises, the elderly, sometimes raw milk is not the best choice for them. Um, So pasteurization is sort of a given if you're shopping in the grocery store. Homogenization is a process by which the milk is It's processed in a way so that the fat globules are suspended in the liquid. You won't see it separate. Unhomogenized milk will separate into cream on top and milk on the bottom. And homogenization is not required, and you can now find more and more uh, unhomogenized milk in America. This is really a matter of taste. Um, There are some health benefits to not buying homogenized milk. So we can talk more about that if you're interested. But um, the the final thing I'll say about dairy is low-fat dairy is a highly processed product. And when we talked about the the whole food spectrum, remember the best foods for your body are those that are least processed. So uh, I prefer full-fat milk, full-fat cheese, and I understand that some people are still very fat-phobic. And uh, if, if you feel like you have to avoid fat, I would say just avoid dairy in general. On to the eggs. Eggs can come in different colors, and the colors really don't tell you anything other than what sort of a chicken laid that egg. There is no difference between brown eggs, blue eggs, white eggs. Um, There are differences between conventional, organic, 
cage-free and pastured eggs. And uh, that is a really big discussion. Um, Conventional eggs are usually laid by hens that are stuck in very small cages. Uh, Organic just means that the hens stuck in very small cages are fed organic feed. Cage-free means that the hens are not stuck in cages. However, they could still be in really big warehouses, really packed together. So the ideal for eggs and also for poultry is pastured. And what that means is those chickens are out in the world eating what chickens out in the world have eaten for centuries. (laughs) They are eating bugs and grass and all kinds of things like that, rather than being fed some kind of chicken feed, whether it's organic or not. There are also eggs that are quote unquote enhanced. You can get eggs with uh, more vitamins and and things like that. Um, I tend to stay away from those just because I think that an egg is kind of perfect already in itself. On to meat and poultry. Again, here there's a discussion about conventional, organic, cage-free, pastured. And the gold standard really is pastured. For meat, um, the, the highest quality meat is pasture-raised or grass-fed and pasture-finished, grass-finished. So that means that that cattle never ate grain. And that's important because in the natural world, a cow generally will not eat grain. It will eat grass. So grass-fed, grass-finished is really the best way to go. That said, it's extremely expensive to purchase that kind of meat. And um, Organic, again, just like with the chickens laying the eggs, organic just means that the animal was fed organic feed. It doesn't give any indication as to whether it was free to roam around, eat grass. Um, And of course, if it doesn't say anything about organic or pastured on the package, then it's conventional. And there are a lot of ethical questions about uh, how meat and poultry is raised conventionally. Uh, The packaging on the meat or poultry should be intact. It shouldn't be leaking liquids of any kind, and it shouldn't smell. So again, if you walk into the meat section and something smells funky, I would find out when they stock the shelves and try to shop on those days because you really don't want to be buying uh, animal proteins that have gone bad. The canned and bottled goods section is very easy to shop in because generally everything there is probably safe. Um, the packaging should not have any dents, any rust. It shouldn't be swollen, uh, like a can where the lid is popping out a little bit you want to avoid. And there should be no leaks, whether it's a package of dry goods or a can, there shouldn't be anything leaking out of the package. Uh, because if something is leaking out, then something can get in. So there might be bugs in there. And finally, if you're buying canned goods, remember that uh, it's best to look for BPA-free cans. Now, BPA is a um, substance that's used to line cans uh, to keep them from rusting. And it has been shown to leak into the food, especially if it's an acidic food like a tomato. So... um, try to avoid anything that has BPA in it. And the way you do that is by looking for things that say specifically BPA-free can. 
If you're buying dry goods, make sure that they don't feel damp, that uh, something like flour isn't all lumpy inside. Uh, Sugar shouldn't be clumped together because that's a sign that's been exposed to humidity. And you want to definitely, you want dry, dry goods. Today we talked about shopping the periphery, the outside of the grocery store, and a little bit about the inside aisles where you might find some less processed foods. Uh, We will have an episode later on label reading, and that will help you if you do choose to wander into the heart of darkness in those processed food aisles. We'll be learning how to read labels and That is all I have for you for the virtual grocery store tour. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it helps you uh, learn how to shop for the highest quality ingredients. There is a downloadable PDF included in the show notes, and it covers everything that we talked about today and also lists some resources. If some of the topics I touched on today, such as how animals are raised for us to eat, Um, there are a lot of resources that talk about organic foods, conventional foods, uh, both books and articles and blog posts and websites. Uh, They're all listed in the resource that you can download in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Let me know your thoughts about the episode and share your biggest takeaways and aha moments. You can send me a voice message directly through Anchor, as well as some of the other listening platforms. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast in your listening app so you never miss an episode. Love the podcast? You can support it with a donation directly from the podcast homepage in most listening apps. If you'd like to know more about my work, visit my website at simplyhealthcoaching.com.